welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Don't forget, you can find merchandise for Dr. Andrew Michaels and this podcast by going to teespring.com and searching for Tirar de Huello. Or just click on the link in the episode description. Hello and welcome. I've avoided having a conversation with you for a long time. We have done some great massage sessions. We've had a very wonderful time helping you relax, helping you maintain your body and your mind's equilibrium. Today, I'd like to just take a quick break. It's spring, and of course it's Ohio, so last week it was 80 degrees every day and warm and hot and sunny oh my gosh it was beautiful spring weather actually a little too warm even for ohio because it gets real humid it's like really gets stuffy in the evening but it was so nice the days were getting longer you know the sun is shining it's so nice and then of course today as i'm doing this wonderful talk with you it's 32 degrees out in Ohio it's freezing there's a mix of ice icy rain and actual snow people have snow in their cars and it's mid mid to late April right now um I don't know the 18th so is that late April I guess it's past the middle of the month so it's the latter half of the month it's very unusual, even in Ohio, for there to be snow. In fact, I can remember in the last oh, 30 years or so, one time back in the 80s, 1980s, maybe it was 1988, 89, I remember there was snow in mid-April and it was very odd for us. It was very strange and... Uh, we weren't used to it. And I'm talking, it was bitter cold that April. So, this weather is just, like I said, odd. And I remember back in the 80s, it snowed that day. And uh, it was really snowy and cold. And then like two days later, we're all sitting on the grass out in the lawn of this um, building. You know, studying notes and reading books and listening to some rock and roll from uh, 97.5 FM, Akron's home of rock and roll. And you know what's weird? It, a lot of things change. A lot of things change uh, over the years. But 97.5 is still a classic rock channel in 2023. And that's really odd like so many things have come and gone in my life 
I mean, huge changes, places close, businesses fold. You know, the rise, you think about it, in my lifetime, we went from, when I was a little kid, I mean, real little, we had record players, then they brought out uh, reel-to-reel tape players, which were rare, and then VCRs kind of started coming around, and video games, and 8-track tapes, all around the same time, then 8-track tapes went out of business, and they brought the cassette tapes in, the little tiny cassette tapes, and those were just a boom, people loved cassette tapes, and records, and man, people loved music, and we used to get 45 records, you know, the small single song uh, records with 45s, and you could get single cassettes, and those were really cool, and uh, they they were kind of rare, you didn't see them all the time, but they were neat, and then you had the rise of, uh, you know, the v- the actual VCR just took off, and MTV and people started recording everything on TV and we were recording our favorite MTV videos, which was like recording rock and roll. And, you know, basically you could record all your favorite songs and artists' videos on these, you know, VHS tapes. And at the same time, you were recording off the radio with your cassette tapes. And mom, we just loved it. It was a great time to grow up. And you were always trying to get a good recording of your favorite songs without your DJs doing the, the drop in the beginning, you know, the po- hitting the post in the very beginning of the song. And if you had a real good DJ, they, they didn't ruin the song. They, they It's called hitting the post, where you do a little announcement before the song walk. The intro, the song's playing, and you hit that postmark where it quits being instrumental and goes into the lyrics. That's really cool. And uh, I learned that when I was a kid, and I thought that was so interesting. I just loved all that stuff about entertainment and records and music and recording and editing and filming and making little skits with our VHS cameras. And we had these really crappy, humongous, heavy VHS tape video recorders, and they were horrible. They had horrible microphones and the quality was terrible and we would try to make our little skits and movies and film ourselves doing little plays and stuff and this was back in you know like the mid 80s and then right around then right around 86 87 probably 86 because i remember when i graduated there were cds so we'll stay right there but they started coming out with the, the cd disc for music and i remember going to Radio Shack, and like Radio Shack was the coolest place around. You could go there and buy all kinds of neat things, and you could um, just put together like you know, speaker system and a stereo system, and you know, a CD player. And then you, you know, they sold these really cool boom boxes, and they had the Tandy computer, which I was never a fan of the Tandy computer. And uh, there was all these little computer companies coming around, you know, back in the 80s. And I, I got to see the rise, the, the introduction of the home video game systems, you know, from the original art. There was a, I think it was, it was Coleco, it was before Atari. But, you know, in my house, 
the first there was Pong, and I think Pong. I don't know who put in television maybe. So there's like Intellivision, Coleco, Atari. You probably don't even know these names anymore. In my house, it was Atari because I loved Space Invaders and Asteroids. I would go to the local department store with a bunch of quarters in my pocket that I'd saved or earned or whatever. And I would just get a Slurpee or, you know, a Coke, and I would play Space Invaders and Asteroids. They had those games in the, um, like the out in the lobby of the department store. You know, they had gumball machines and then they had video games. And I loved Asteroids. I mean, I thought that was the coolest game. And I loved Space Invaders. And my buddy got an Atari with Space Invaders. And I about freaked out. You could sit and play for free. You just play for a quarter. And, you know, 25 cents may not sound like a lot of money, but back then, you know, I was I was working when I was a young man. I started working when I was like 13, 14, mowing lawns, doing lawn care for people, you know, anything I could do to make some extra money. And I, I would make quite a bit of money as a young kid. I was pretty proud of myself. And, uh, but, you know, everything seemed to cost a lot. So even though maybe I made fifty hundred bucks, you know, you go play five dollars worth of video games doesn't sound like a lot, but you go through money pretty quick back then. And you want to go get something to eat, so you spend five six bucks on your food, and then you go five six bucks on video games, and you know maybe get yourself a couple of cokes, you know, a cheeseburger or something, and uh, you know you go through money pretty quick, even as a kid and. I still saved, you know, because I was saving up for a car. And uh, I got to see, like, the rise of the video game system in homes. And, uh, like, when I was real little, like, really little, like back in the early 70s, they had a few driving games where you could drive cars, you know, and it was like uh, everything was analog. So they had, like, a car, and when you turn the wheel, you know, it had, like, a track that would rotate. But basically it was uh, not really a real video game. They were just arcade games. And they had shooting games where you shot, like actually shot manual analog guns that would, you know, make contact with lights or whatever to target the, you know, the, the, to hit the target. And they had like pinball machines, stuff like that. And, um, you know, tabletop games like, uh, air hockey and um oh it was the one I, I ski ball was a good one that i loved and um air, air hockey was really cool i loved air hockey i love that with the table with holes in it and the air suspended the puck that was my favorite i still love air hockey and it, it's still popular you see them around and, and foosball oh my god we had a foosball table my church my church when I used to go to church when I was a kid had a foosball table and I swear we played that thing till the we wore the balls out we wore the paddles out it was foosball is the greatest game and if you're not familiar with it it's a tabletop game where you have these little guys and they're all on these little sticks that you could turn and it's like a soccer field and you can hit the ball back and forth 
and it's two two or four players and uh, you know so you'd have a four player game a two player game and then you scored goals on each other and oh my gosh I love foosball you played till uh you scored 10 and I used to, I still I still love playing foosball air hockey uh ski ball all the arcade games I was just a freak I love pinball too I still love playing pinball and then they started introducing uh, video games, electronic video games. Space Invaders, uh, Asteroids, um, Donkey Kong. Um, I'm trying to remember all the early ones. They had like tank tank games where you had little tanks running around. They had a Tron game. They had a Star Trek game where you would fight Romulans. I, I don't know how early these were in the 80s, but we're talking mid-early 80s, around 86 or so. And they had all these, just a plethora, you know, Galaga. I wasn't a big Galaga guy, and I was not a big Pac-Man guy. I was a Space Invaders. Um, Centipede was what I liked. Uh, Asteroids. And, you know, I just enjoyed it. And then my buddy got, like I said, um, an Asteroid system. Or he got a, uh, a Atari system. And I went to his house, and... We played Space Invaders, and I flipped out. I'm like, this is crazy. You could play for free. So I begged my parents for one, and of course they weren't going to spend that kind of money on some stupid thing they didn't even understand. Nobody, that's, nobody's interested in that, right? Nobody wants to do that. It's stupid. So it's stupid. Nobody wants to play it. Nobody wants anything to do with it. And then, this is hilarious. <laughs> My grandmother hit the three, uh, three, pick three lottery and won like a whole bunch of money. And she went out with my aunt. Uh, my aunt was still living with her. And she bought us an Atari with asteroids. She went out and bought us, not our birthdays, not Christmas, nothing. My grandmother hit the bug. She hit the, the number. And she had all this, she was flush with cash. She went out and bought her favorite grandson's uh, a, a real live, at that time expensive, Atari home entertainment system with that. It came with a game. It was like a game with tanks and airplanes and it was like a combat thing. It had sports and stuff. It was a combination of little games. But then you had to buy the game separate, of course. And she bought us the creme de la creme, the most popular game at that moment for the Atari game system, Asteroids. I about had a heart attack. I'll never forget it. It was like in the middle of the week, school night. She just shows up, thrilled she hit the di the three-digit number, and gives us uh, <laughs> an Atari system. And we're like flipping out. We hooked that thing up and used to hook it up like an antenna. It was really funny. You hooked it up to your TV like like you would hook up an antenna. And it would go right through the, the antenna cords. And <clears throat> that's the way I remember it. We hooked it up to our TV and we we turn it on and instantly the fighting starts. Everybody, all these people, nobody wanted anything to do with it. I had three brothers, and we're fighting over who gets to play first, 
and then you get blown up and you know you're trying to learn you know and you get blown up so next guy gets a turn next guy gets a turn so we're trying to figure it all out my aunt i had this aunt and uncle that were the biggest pieces of just just not nice people they come over with their kids and it's not their kids fault they didn't you know they were little kids they were a lot younger than us and my aunt sat there that like this is the next night or like two days later they find out that the, the, the our house has a atari well all hell breaks loose we suddenly have friends that we didn't even know we had <laughs> you ever have that experience and um my aunt comes over and parks her ass right on our couch, right in front of that game system. And she starts dictating, well, we have to have rules and everybody gets a turn. And when you lose, it's the next kid's turn. Now you got six or seven kids trying to play one game system with one controller. Back then they only had, you know, they had, you could play two people, but one guy took a turn and then the next guy, you know, I think it was two people could play, but you played one at a time and then like when you died then the other guy got a turn i think but i'm pretty sure with asteroids it was just one guy played but maybe it was the two people could play but you know it's only 40 years ago i don't remember <laughs> and i lost it i'm like you gotta be kidding me my mom's like you have to share you have to share it's not ours anymore either it's not ours. My dad, my grandmother gave that to us, but it's not ours. That's my dad's. My dad's in charge. It's his. My dad's trying to play. He, He's losing his mind because he's getting blown up, and it's just tempers are flaring. My dad's losing his mind because you know, he's completely red-faced, blowing up you know, when he gets hit by an asteroid, and he's losing his mind. My aunt's throwing a fit. Her kids are crying because they want to turn. They want to turn. It's their turn. I'm like, uh, you know what? I lost interest. As funny as this sounds, I realized right then and there, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> all that build up, all that weight, and I finally got it in my house. And I took all the money I had, and I got my mom to take me down to the local department store. And I bought Space Invaders, and I couldn't wait to get that stupid thing home. And now I got to share it with five idiots, and people are just being jerks, and everybody's fighting, and my dad's throwing a fit, and his temper's going off the rails. And I'm like, uh, okay, I stayed up a couple nights and got my full dose of asteroids until I was sick of playing it. You know, I got good at it where I could just play, 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 play. And uh, we even back then they had cheat codes where you could play forever. You know, unlimited lives and stuff where you could just start over. It didn't matter. They'd rack up a hundred, you know, hundred thousand points, whatever the crap was. They were very simple games. And I just said, okay, I got this. I figured it out. I'm done. And I really laid down the controller and lost interest in video games pretty much. Around that time, I would still go to the arcades and play really unique games, but I kind of gave up on it. And then um, there was a bust with video games, and that's right around the time CDs came in, and uh, 
music, digital music, and uh, used to have these record clubs where you could order like 12 cassettes for free for a penny or something. Columbia House, I think it was. And then you had to order like four or five albums after that for full price. And we just had, everybody had a box of cassettes of their favorite music. You know, Van Halen, Def Leppard, uh, the Power Station, uh, The Police. Oh, man, I mean, I love The Police. And, um, you know, and Peter Gabriel and my favorite band back in the 80s was Genesis. I loved Genesis and Yes and the Kinks and I got to see the Kinks in concert and I did grow up in a funny time where bands like the Kinks and the Who and the Stones, well Stones are still touring now so <laughs> but I got to see a lot of bands that people you know they're just they don't exist anymore. And I got to see a lot of them. But I was this huge fan of um, Genesis. And I had all of Phil Collins' albums. And I thought Phil Collins was the coolest guy. And his career kind of... um, His career kind of happened while I was growing up. So when I first started listening to him, he had three solo albums. And... You know, his first album came out, and then he had a second album, then his third album come out. And I was kind of becoming a, 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 an adult when all this happened. And then, you know, so I kind of grew up with Phil Collins and Genesis. They kind of helped formulate my my uh, my values, my morals. And Peter Gabriel was with Genesis, and then he became a solo artist and he was really popular at the same time Genesis was and it was so cool and Talking Heads and uh, the Ramones and the Clash um, I wasn't a super punk guy but I loved some of these bands they were just the energy and the you know and the Clash talking about London and the underground and you know Rock the Casbah and all this stuff and all these places I wanted to go and see and people I wanted to meet, people I wanted to get to know and find out what they were all about. And the Ramones and Genesis. And there was this band called Yes, and I loved Yes. And I went back and looked at their whole catalog. And and then, of course, there was a Canadian band, Rush, which I saw several times in concert. And Rush was incredible. You'd go to their concerts and it was like nothing I'd ever seen in my life. They this big movie screen and these three guys making all this music. Three guys. It was like incredible. They were so talented. And I just don't care what anybody says. Rush is awesome. And it was just a really good time to grow up. And I got to see all of this change from albums and cassettes and cheap home game systems and VCRs. And then everything, and then the home computer was basically, there was no such thing. And then all of a sudden we started having these desktop computers in our homes that could, were clunky and big and nasty. And you got eye strain from looking at the screen. And then, you know, there was Apple and IBM and I had an early Apple. I still have it. 
uh, black and white screen and everything from like 90. It was an older model, but it's a 91 model. I think maybe 90. And uh, I recorded my son on it, you know. And you had three and a half inch floppy disks and big floppy disks. And and then everything kind of went digital. We used to have cassette tapes to record on computers. Yeah, we used to have these little, you plugged them into your computer and it was a cassette tape. And you recorded your games or things you wanted to uh, save on your computer. And you did it on videotape or audio tape. Like, a, it, I don't know if it was an audio tape or what. But it was a memory tape, and you would record on these tapes to, uh, you know, keep your games and stuff and uh, files you were saving, like, uh, you know, um, compositions you were writing or something. If you're doing coding, I was learning how to code back then, and you saved it on cassette tape, and then we went to these big, nasty floppy disks they were floppy five and a half inch floppy disks with the three and a half inch these little hard disks then we started saving on cds and then we started saving on rewritable cds you know and it was really cool and i was very fortunate that i had an older cousin who was into computers and was going to college to learn computer science he eventually got his phd And he is a professor uh, uh, at a local university. And he introduced me to all of the ideas that you could do with a computer. You could produce things. You could make things. You could do things people... It was basically your imagination was the only thing that limited you with a computer. And then you had to have the computing power to do it. And even though I didn't study it, and everything, being around him and learning that there's not limitations if you can apply your imagination with what you have. You know, you take what's available and then try to twist it to make what you, it the way you want it. Computers opened up a, the idea of me starting my own business. And uh, that's another story. We're staying on technology today. But uh, I just wanted to say that you know, with the advent of the computer, it started to knock out all those other things. You started playing video games on your computer. You started to shop on your computer. You started to um, buy music on your computer. You started to play music on your computer. Then they came out with portable music players that you could store thousands of songs on. And, uh, I got to see the rise and the change of all this technology. And every so many years we would ditch our old technology from eight track. I mean, I knew guys that had boxes of eight track tapes. Then they had eight boxes of cassette tapes, boxes of records, boxes of CDs. And then they went to digital, you know, fully digital on the computer. And I knew guys that even had reel to reels. So they had reel of reels, eight tracks. Then they went to, you know, they also had records. They put their records on their eight tracks or on their reel to reels. See, these reel to reels were these big, massive audio recording things. You would play music for like eight hours on them. So they would just turn it on and it would play. So you could put all your records on this big reel to reel and just play it. 
And you might think, well, okay, so you have a party or you're just working around the house. You just put your reel-to-reel on and it would just play like a radio station, but it would be you know, commercial-free music, all your favorite songs, all your favorite albums, you know, it would just play. You know, then you had to play it as it unraveled, you know, as it was spooled out from one cause one um, tape deck to the next. But you still had it all there. You know, you could play like six, eight hours of, of recording. Well, once digital came along, you could just have a playlist of all your favorite songs. You just hit play all and it would just go through your playlist. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is heaven. This is like incredible. So people started ditching all their old technology. And this weird thing happened. And I think I'll focus on this and then kind of, you've got this advanced computer, portable audio equipment, you know, like an iPad or iPod or some other type of device where you just play all your favorite songs on it. You can download all your favorite songs, play them in any order you want. You can click around. You don't have to wait for that tape to unravel. You can just go, I want to play song 1, 7, 10, 20 on my list. And you could play on repeat where it would just keep repeating the songs too and drive everybody crazy because you play the same song over and over again because you've always wanted to hear this song. And you could never do that. And you finally have that ability to do all these fun things. And something weird happened. One little caveat to all this. People realized actual waxed recordings of records for a record player on a record album or a record, 45 record, is an actual physical recording of the person doing that song or that, you know, voice record. And digital is a sample of it. And they could never get it 100% correct. Digital photography has a resolution limit. Digital recordings has a recording limit. It's a sample of the actual recording. But that record, that vinyl record you put on that turntable and you put the needle to it, is an actual physical recording of the actual song, the actual recording. And it's so much more voluptuous, much more full sound, much more, you know, perfect. You know, it's real. It's there. It's what actually happened. It's a real recording. And people started going back to collecting vinyl and doing records again. And I thought that was the coolest thing to see that in my lifetime I know it's silly but to see people go from basically records to all these other recording devices and different types of medium to the what I consider because I'm not a connoisseur of music I'm just a casual listener you know I'm not a collector of stuff I love my songs I love my music but I'm just a guy that has 20, 30 songs on his, you know, iPhone, right? And I have a few albums and I have my favorite artists. And when I want to listen to them, I pick out the songs on YouTube or iTunes and play what I want. And then I just drop it. But the actual collectors had it and people had everything at their fingertips with the age of the internet and the 
computers and the electronic recording devices and portable devices and headphones and Bluetooth and <laughs> everything you could imagine. And people realized they had to go back to the real thing. They had to go back to the actual recordings and get those vinyl perfect recordings, either classic records or reissues. So now they're doing this where they reissue old Beatle recordings, old Elvis recordings, old recordings from bands. And then bands would put out these box sets, which were all the recording, you know, all their albums, but you could buy them in a box set. And they were starting to release them in classic vinyl. And I was like, wow, I have really seen some things in my life. But what I think I like about that the most is sometimes I sneak downstairs in my basement and I get my old Atari and I hook it up to a TV and I play Asteroids. I could play a game that is so advanced like Minecraft or uh, Call of Duty or something, you know, that's 3D and you're just interactive and create your own world and all this stuff. But the truth is, I want to go down, hook up my Atari, and put on my simple little asteroids, play for a few minutes, go, oh yeah, that feels good. And then I want to get out that little, cheap, 1970s era tank game where you had a maze, and you have a little tiny tank going, and you drive around in the maze, and you shoot these little pong cannon shells at the other tank and you hit it and it spins around and it explodes and it's the crappiest graphics the crappiest game but I'm having the time of my life and you've got a joystick with a button and you're just you know you know and I think it's not just the nostalgia of it but there's a simplicity to it there was something about watching a record fall down on the turntable and that needle getting up and going over and lowering on the the record and hearing that song that static that raw recording coming out I had the chance to get an original uh, I didn't own it but I got a chance to play with it for quite a while an original Edison wax tube uh, record player it's it's not flat disc records they were tubes and you put them on this sleeve and then you lowered the needle down and they were these wax cylinders and they played songs and recordings and famous speeches and scientific little things on them and all kinds of things they recorded all kinds of things back then and uh I got to play with one of those and hear those recordings and you had to rotate the, the, the tube, you know, you had to rotate it while it played. And then you had this amplifier, this bell that would amplify the recording out so you could hear it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing. I'm listening to something a hundred years old. And I thought there's something pure in that. There's a connection to that. 
we connect with our technology, whether it's an Atari, a Coleco. There's memories surrounding that. I remember where I was when we found that Edison record or Edison player and those wax tubes. And I said, well, could I, you know, I'd love to play some of those records. And the people let me do it and let me, you know, use it for a while as long as I was careful with it. Um, they thought it was real valuable, but in this case, it wasn't. It was it was worth money, but it wasn't what they thought it was. <clears throat> and I just loved playing these records. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I don't know how else to say that. I mean, I'm all over the place today with my technology, but to to hear some record of some artist who I've never heard of sing this Dixieland song or this jazz song or this, you know, early blues song. And it was just so cool. And some of that stuff can be found on YouTube, but it's not the same. You're listening to something that was recorded off of it. You know, and it's digitized and it's digital. To spin that handle, you know, you had to rotate it and crank it, and then it would play for a while, and you had to, you know, it would unravel, you know, or you know, it would, you could, you wound it up, and then it would play. And it's just to hear something so ancient, so in my mind, so pure. There's something pure about sitting down and clicking on a TV with a vacuum tube in it and playing an original Pong game. I remember I was around 1978 and I was in Cub Scouts and I went to my, wherever my uh, Cub Scout meetings were, my friend's house, and they had a Pong game in their house. And my friend and I, I was waiting for my dad to show up, to pick me up, and the other kids were leaving. And the lady was cool with it, and my friend and I sat down and played Pong for a few minutes. And I said, whoa, this is the future. This is cool. And back then there was no, there was no desktop computers. You didn't have computers in your home. Um... You probably didn't even have an electric typewriter back then. You might have been in an office, but not at your home. And you certainly didn't have maybe one TV. You had one color TV in the living room, and then you had maybe a small black and white set in one of the bedrooms, if you're lucky. Mom and Dad might add a small 20-inch color TV on on their uh, dresser in the bedroom baby no vcrs nothing your parents might have still had eight track tapes they barely had started selling cassettes um records were how you got your albums there were no vcrs hardly at all somebody might have had a vcr and cable was new at least to us where we lived in ohio you know cable home box office you know they would you don't need an antenna. They just run a wire to your house and you get 30 channels. 
was like new. And here I am playing this. This is all new in my lifetime. And it sounds weird, but it just, you know, it's all like old news now. But it was all new to me. And we had three channels when I was a kid. Then it went to 30 with cable. Something like that. In home box office, they showed dirty movies. What it meant was they played movies from the theater that weren't, they were never edited. They were just the way movies were, you know, whatever they put out at the theater, unedited was what they played on home box office. Well, that was scandalous. Oh my gosh. They were, they were called dirty movies. That's a regular movie. That's dirty. That was a dirty movie. Of course, you know, I'm 10 years old. Everything was bad back then. But I'm sitting with this kid and I'm playing Pong. And I'll never forget. I thought, this is unbelievable. This is, to me, was like Star Trek. I was looking at Star Trek, Six Million Dollar Man, and uh, Star Wars. All right there, wrapped up in front of me, playing this stupid game with a little paddle where you moved it back and forth and bounced a ball back and forth like a tennis game. And I thought I was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And so much has changed, but still stayed the same. And I just think it's so cool that, you know, I see people playing Pong and the old games now. And I see people collecting records and people buying new issues, new issues, um, new releases of vinyl records. <laughs> and I remember when you went to the store and you could not buy a record player. They quit making them. You could not find not Radio Shack, nowhere. Now you could go to some department stores and you could find a record player. Then I remember a time where you could not buy a VCR. They might have had one model of VCR in the store, but they had phased them out. You could not find a VCR. Now we're at the point where they've almost phased out CD player or DVD players. Because people just... People still buy DVDs, but mm, the DVD player is not like it used to be. And now I go to Walmart or Target or, you know, Best Buys or somewhere. And I walk through the electronics section just to get us an SD card or a new cable for one of my devices or something. And I look up and there's a record player. They're selling record players again in these places. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is the coolest thing. To see that come back is so weird. Because I remember when you couldn't even give the things away. You couldn't, people just, like, it's funny when new technology comes along. People reject the old and get rid of it. And I see people building tube radios, tube um, stereo players. Because the sound is better. The sound is crisper. The sound is more full and volumeless or whatever. can't say the word. It's just the music has more depth and more life to it. So they're building these old tube radio players and transmitters and recorders and 
people are buying old record players and you can buy turntables now at Best Buys or Walmart even. And I'm just blown away by that. I'm wait, I kind of see it happening in film where people are kind of ditching digital and going back to learning how to build a dark room in their house, you know, and actually use film and film cameras and, um, and produce photography on real, you know, out of real film. It's not as popular as the other forms of media, but I see it kind of coming along. And I think it's so cool because now these things are turning into art. They're turning into high art. And uh, it's almost like the comic book was just this 10 cent rag that they sold on the newsstands. And now you you have Marvel movies and everything and you have uh, the superhero craze and you can do anything with modern CGI that we just couldn't do back in the you know the early days of TV and movie. And yet the comic book itself is still pure. It's a pure form of media. And you can still find, you know, independent publishers and call them rags, call them cheap, you know, uh, dime store stuff, but it's still there. And I think that that gives me hope for humanity that uh, we'll always be able to return to our roots and remember that what this worked, that didn't work. You know, people used to buy their music in albums and singles. You'd buy like a single record on a 45 or a whole album. You'd buy a cassette album and you'd buy a CD album. But then in the advent of the internet, albums went away and the record industry changed and the recording industry changed and how we buy and consume music has changed dramatically. And it's wrecked like the old rock and roll genres and different genres of music have collapsed because you can't, nobody buys albums anymore. So the artists don't make the money. They So they release singles and they just release a song and they try to get the song on the air instead of versus an album and get traction with it. And the record companies don't get behind albums anymore. And live music isn't the same when we were kids, you could go to a concert and see a band for 20 bucks in a big stadium setting where, you know, they could keep the price of the ticket low. Now you have these more intimate, small shows with these artists and they're charging 200 400 600 $1,000 a ticket. It's like, I refuse to go. That's not what it was meant for. Music is for the masses. You've turned it into an exclusive club and... That's part of the reason nobody wants to go see you. Is it's not because we're cheap. It's not because we don't have the money. I have the means. I have the money to go see these concerts. I don't want to pay it. It's ridiculous to me. I could put a few dollars with it and go on a cruise. You know? If I'm going to pay $400 a ticket to see an artist for one night, that's $800 for two because you're not going to go alone. Well, put a couple hundred... Maybe another $400 with it, and we could go on a cheap cruise for a few days and get our meals in our room and board and everything paid for. It's just, they've 
price themselves out of the market and it's not it's not the way it was meant to be consumed it was meant to be on the radio and free and you know ads paid for the radio stations to stay open and I'm preaching now and probably losing my audience but I'm waiting for the music industry to catch up to what's going on and come back to what it was go back to its roots and it'll happen it'll happen these things happen in cycles you know like I said there was a time you couldn't even find a uh, record player in a store and now they're selling them again and people are reissuing Beatle records on vinyl and uh, it's beautiful and uh, I just love being part of this process and seeing so many changes in my life. I really believe people born in the late seven or sixties, early seventies from, you know, not the baby boom generation, the next generation, we got to see everything. We're going to not only get to see it, we're going to get to live long enough to enjoy it, to really enjoy all the advents of this massive turnover of technology and uh, just cars, for instance, and transportation and, you know, backup cameras and CD players and satellite radio in our cars and, you know, how advanced our cars all became. I don't even think cars have wind-down windows anymore. I don't know if you can buy one that way. They all have electric windows. <laughs> That was so rare when I was a kid. Oh my, I'm all over the place today. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this. I know I did. I think I'm a little long. So I'm going to end it here. But if you liked talking to me today, and you loved me rambling about media, or the way it was when I grew up, let me know, because I love talking to you today. I really enjoyed doing this. I... Sometimes like to just sit down with you and just talk and let my ideas, let my feelings and memories just flow. I'd love to sit down and talk to you about the comic books I read when I was a kid, the movies I saw. My gosh, I have such a library, a volume of movies that I saw when I was a kid. Stuff that none of you, none of you have even heard of. And this stuff was so rare that some of these movies you can't even find anymore. But I would see them at the drive-in and I would see them at these little local theaters. And the thing is, those places all went out of business and now they're coming back. Just like the records, the artsy fartsy little theaters that, Fit 200 people, 100 people, 80 people could go to the movies and see this really odd, strange movies made by these artists, you know, and uh, I'm an artist, I'm an actor. <laughs> it's all coming back and hopefully I get to enjoy that part of my life, you know, and go to some silly independent theater and see an independent movie with a real soundtrack, you know, and a real movie projector. <laughs> but it's probably a advanced 
DVD player up there. It just sounds like one. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, I've had too much fun. Let me know if you want me to talk about comics, movies, TV shows. You wouldn't believe the stuff that I've got inside my head. The stuff I've seen. I grew up in the age of old Hollywood turning into um, independent Hollywood with people like Nicholson and you know Peter Fonda and everybody just upending what Hollywood was and then what it became now and uh, oh I'd just love to share that with you so you know let me know what you're interested in and uh, until then I hope you enjoyed everything and I need you to know I had so much fun today I just really enjoyed talking to you and it meant a lot to me and the fact that you guys sit down and spend this time with me really means a lot it's just fun it really is fun and I really think our time is precious and I'm glad we got to share this little bit together okay so until next time bye bye thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirada de Huello Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash tiradohail. The theme song, Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardohuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you. <laughs>